This is your host, Sam Jarocki from J-Rock Lawn Care and Gardening. Speaking about all things lawn care, garden related and business wise, whether you do this at home for a bit of fun or if you're trying to break into the business, sit tight and enjoy the podcast. Hello everyone and welcome back to another J-Rock's Lawn Care Gardening podcast. Here we are on episode 13 and this one is named The Grass Isn't Always Greener. And quite controversial, I suppose. Normally we're here for a figurehead of absolute positivity and uh, way out of situations, you know, and moving forward, onwards, upwards, all the rest of it. And this one is just a podcast in letting you know if you're interested in lawn care, if you've sat there and you've thought, you know what, I love doing this on my own garden, can I take it to the next level and offer this as of service or... You know, even for those that are veteran in the trade and you've been in the trade for plenty enough time and you think, you know, is it just me that this sort of stuff happens to? You know, we're going to go through it all today. And it's basically just bringing, or should I say shedding, some light on the fact of, you know, it's not all sunshine and rainbows, literally. Uh, it can be, you know, harder times and there's a few different factors from it. It's not all, it's not from one area of the job that we carry out. It's from plenty of them. And yeah, I just want to bring it to light and give you my thoughts on it and just let you know that you're not alone. So the first one, I'm going to speak in kind of like headings here and I'm going to speak about one, a few examples from it and then just kind of go into a bit of a conversation about it. And the first one is customers. Now, customers are the absolute figurehead of a double-edged sword because without them, you're making zero money. But with them, it also can be where a lot of the complaints come from. And, you know, as I've said in previous podcasts, you've got to remain professional throughout this whole, you know, through the whole process from receiving that first phone call or the email, whatever it might be, to visiting them, giving them a fair quote and, you know, the aftercare afterwards. You've got to be professional throughout all that, regardless what happens sort of in the middle and whether you fall out, whether for some reason the customer isn't happy or whatever it might be, you have to be the one that's here and professional and in this body of mind where you need to look after yourself, your business, but at the same time, that is driven from the customer. So a few things on them, and I'm just going to lately from conversations I've been having, sort of problems that have been popping up. One being that I was in a conversation literally the other night and the lad that I'm sure will probably be listening, you know, he'll know that it's him. But we are speaking and there was a customer that got him in to look at a job and to price it. Now, when he got there, he looked through it. Wasn't too sure because the job was a pretty big one. Uh, he looked at it and, you know, he gave his daily rate figure, right? Roughly around the £200 mark hereabouts. Then, from that, the customer not being happy with it kind of stood her case in the... In the fact that she was looking at more 100, 150, you know, the bottom on her way down. But what she let slip is that there was also quotes in the area of, you know, three, four hundred pound onwards. And it just goes to show, no matter, like what we spoke about before, with like one, one price might be my price. And the next one, you know, can be totally different. And that can be your price. And that's absolutely fine. You need to remember that as long as you're getting work and you're offering the prices that you are. Don't go down to anyone else. You know, you don't need to meet anywhere halfway or, you know, your prices are your prices. And if you can justify them through your overheads, through your 
daily get out of bed rate, then stick with it. Don't go changing. But in this example, customers drive down prices and I think as human beings, what we naturally do is we want the best deal from absolutely everything. Doesn't matter what you're doing, you know, whether you're you're going through the markets and you're trying to buy, I don't know, a coat, jewellery, whatever. Yeah, you want the best price on that. You know, I know for a fact when I walk into my um, my local dealer for Husqvarna equipment, one of the first things I do is, you know, oh, what's the best price you can do me on this one, mate? You know, and if <laughs> if it comes back too high, then, you know, I get along with the lads quite well. But it wouldn't be abnormal for me to say, oh, is that as low as we can go with it? And it's not me trying to be overly cheeky or disrespectful or anything like that, but just as a customer spending my hard-earned money, you know, in this case, your hard-earned money, the customer's hard-earned money, we want to know that we're getting the best price possible and we're getting the most value possible for what we're paying. So naturally, customers try and drive you down. So obviously, double-edged with this one because they're doing it for their benefit, but you've got to expect that. You can't just meet someone halfway on one job and then kind of go in between. And you know what I found my way around this is having set prices. And when I give a price, you know I think about it enough in the lead up to that um to that moment where when I give that price, I know that's the best price I can give them. And if they want want anything more than that, then I simply turn around and say, sorry, that's the best price I can do for you. And um, you know you've got my contact details. If you change your mind, you can get back in touch. And, you know, I stick with that because it's hard jumping around and it's hard to control your cash flow when a price for one job that takes X amount of time is then completely different one week from the next. So customers, they try and drive down the price. Next, I've got uh, the reliability to stay with you. So if you've been listening to my podcast, um, I have an episode a few episodes back called I Got Fired and it is just talking about what happened on that day and the reasons why I got let go from this client. And so check that out, check that podcast out if you haven't listened to it yet, because it's quite, might be quite surprising to you. But in this whole case, this whole instance, it was that whole reliability factor. Even though you can have customers that are, you know, true to the word, they might be lovely, they could be young, old, doesn't really matter. You know, the ethnic background, none of that matters, right? But the reliability there on if they're going to keep you on is, is zero. Unless you've got a written contract where it says, you know, or it's a commercial one where it says, you know, you abide at these rules and you're going to get paid X amount for 12 months sorted. You can work around that and you can plan that in your life. But I'm telling you, if you're trying to plan your, you know, winter holiday, summer holiday, whatever it might be with your family and all the rest of it, it's hard to do when clients can phys- technically drop off anytime they want. You know, they've got no tie to having to stay with you. And the best we can do for that is offset it by offering value to your clients, to your customers, really pushing to give them that worth that they can really take on and go, well, like, I am getting a cracking deal here. Sam from J-Rock Lone Care and Garden, and he really looks after me. I only paid him to cut my grass this week, but he came in, he tied up all the edges for us. Oh, it was overgrown, I kept slipping. He sorted it all, all right out. So there's a lot we can do to try and counter that, but still, there's no reliability with it. So when you're thinking about this, or do I want to go in this business, you need to be thinking all the time, you need to be three, four, five months ahead of yourself. You need to be thinking, if we have a terrible winter, and from November, I can't really be doing much work, you know, what is my fallback from that? 
January, February, there's just frost and snow. Can I still earn money? Have I earned enough in the year prior that will get me through January, February? You know, so you need to be thinking ahead. Like I say, three months, you know, at least have that money aside that you can kind of go forward with. <clears throat> Next is cancellations. Um, this also happens with customers, uh, sadly. And as I've said before, we come across in this trade as, not bottom feeders, that's the wrong word, but we come across as almost disposable. Like there's that many people out there that do it, pottering in about, you know, oh, it's just someone that cuts the grass. It's just someone that tidies my hedges, you know. We come across, it's not like an electrician where they're like, oh, they're coming in to do this fixed job that needs done. Otherwise, you know, the fuse can blow in the whole house, whatever it might be. So we get put into this category and what kind of comes with that sometimes is cancellations. So I've got a lovely client. She's really nice. You know, not really a bad word to say about her, but it was only last week where she got in touch and it was four hours before the appointment when I was meant to be turning up to our property and she got in touch and said, uh, the grass hasn't grown much. I'm happy to leave it this week. Uh, hope you don't mind, you know, see you in two weeks time. And to which I swiftly responded to that, you know, as per our agreement in the beginning, we need to, uh, cancellations need to be made at least seven days prior to this otherwise you can't be billed for the visit nonetheless in that case i said don't worry about it like i actually had a lot on that day so i was happy to take the the break what kind of goes against what i say but i made her aware at that point that this one off is fine like no problems no hard feelings but in future you need to cancel at least seven days in advance because otherwise four hours prior it's a lot harder to try and fill that gap and if i'm relying on that money then you know i'm buggered because you're losing out on whatever the job might be, 25, 40, 50 quid, whatever, you know what I mean? So it's hard to fill. So that's another one. We get put in this area of cancellations is fine, you know what I mean? As if we're like a dinner reservation or something. So you've got to be aware of that as well. And that kind of goes into reliability again. Whereas, like you say, you can build on this whole uh, value for your business and you know the client and service provider relationship. Don't get me wrong, that's all brilliant. Build on that you know, embed it into your company, be the face behind your company, be the friendly person, you know, all of that will help against that happening, but also clarity in what your business, almost terms and conditions, can go a long way as well, so you need to have that balance, uh, but yeah, this is another thing that can catch you off guard, so the main thing, what comes from the client is, who's in the driver's seat, when you think about it, and it's not something you really take on when you first, I mean, I know I never, as much as I try to dive into the business side and learn as much as I physically could about the business prior to coming into it, you, you learn so much more on the job than what you ever will do. Probably listen to me or, you know, I can tell you some things now that have went wrong against me. You can take it on board or feel like you're taken on board, but I guarantee in two, three weeks time, you can make the same mistake. And it's probably not until you make that mistake where you'll go, ah, uh, you know, now I've felt the burn of it, now I know what it's like to lose that money or whatnot, I need to make sure everyone's aware of the cancellation policy. <laughs> so it is very much there and you need to figure out who's in the driver's seat and that should always be you, okay, it's your business, it's not the clients and although they're the one providing the money and, you know, it's a very tight relationship you can have with your customers, you need to just ensure when it comes down to it, you're in the driver's seat and you're laying down the law, so to speak. So it's very important because, you know, 
we want to keep that relationship nice, healthy, good. I like to talk to all my customers. Um, there was one that I hadn't seen for about three weeks last time I was around. So it's just a fly and visit, 10 minutes or so. I just made sure, because like I say, it takes nearly less than 10 minutes to do our garden. And I kind of factor in 20 minutes budgeted time. So I just give her a knock at the end. Give her a knock, asked her how she was doing. You know, made sure everything was fine. She was still happy with all the service. And you know, that literally what took three minutes of talking possibly before I jumped back in the van goes a long way rather than just not seeing the person that's looking after your property and just waltzing into your property, you know, for the last few weeks or whatnot. So it goes a long way anyway. Next one. And this one's pretty important because without this, you physically can't get the job done. And that is equipment. It's something that you everyone's very aware of. The conversation's always there when you're starting up a company. Your business is equipment. What equipment do I buy? You know, what price range do I buy? And half the time, let's think, like, let's keep this in mind. Most people don't go for the most expensive stuff at all because no one's got, not, I'll rephrase that, not many people have 10 grand to go, right, I'll go buy top of the range still, Husqvarna, Ego, whatever you're using. I don't have the money to go top the range of every single one of these and buy every bit of a kit uh, kit and equipment top of the range. So what ends up happening is that we get kit that isn't always the best. And even then, sometimes when we get top of the range kit, we get problems, don't we? So, you know, I keep on saying, and I've, some people swear by it, but I just feel like I need to mention this. And I must say, first of all, I've never used it myself. But the brand Titan from Screwfix seems like... I see nothing but problems with that bit of kit. I see people getting six months out of it and it breaking. And this isn't a digger titan. Like I say, I've never used their equipment personally. But um, it just seems to be one that people normally go for in the beginning because it's £200 and it's like a jack-of-all-trades. But I normally say within six months, them items breaking. And you know, sometimes people's happy to just swap them over. But it's just an example anyway. So just ensure, if you do, then you've... You're sorted with that, you know, you know what you're going into. If you're getting cheaper, then you need to realise things could go wrong. So what I'm talking about here is tools for the right job. So originally, when you're setting up your tools for the right job, this means that you're probably going to be buying specifics. So, for example, when I started, I had one lawnmower. I had one hedge trimmer, you know, a little handheld thing. Everything was just one of to get me by. Tools for the job, right? What happened is... For example, I was using a domestic handheld Husqvarna trimmer and it was pouring down and it was about a six, seven hour job that I had on and halfway through it, the basically it doesn't have a very good water rating because it's domestic level. They basically just expect you to be cutting in the lovely sunshine. It started to cut on me. I was like, well, halfway through this hedge and my only trimmer at the time started cutting out. This was not ideal. So what I had to keep doing is going back, putting it in the dry, drying it up, literally blowing it down with a blower to the point where it would start working again and it had dried. You know, it must have a sensor. Like, it wasn't broken by any means, but it was getting to the point where a sensor must have been getting wet or something like that, and it was sort of obviously just not wanting to play a game. It was just being safety. Safely, like, cutting out almost. So equipment can fail. So although you've got the right kit for the job, your equipment can fail. So what you need to have that in mind as well is that if it does, you need a backup. This is all money we're talking about here, isn't it? So when you go into this business, you can't expect that everything will be fine all the way through. I guarantee everyone in the, this business, I'm sure, at some point within the first 12 months of 
let's say trading, working, providing this service, they've had something that's broke. Whether it was like a hand fork that has been bent or, you know, them wolf garden scrapers I use, if anyone watches anything on my Instagram, I love them, I swear by them and I keep buying them. But within the first three months, my first one, the head popped off it because it just, just broke, you know what I mean? Only about 12 quid or whatever they are, but still, it was something where I needed that for a job and it broke halfway through. You've got to expect these problems. And like I said with the um, the money at the start about sort of thinking three months ahead, it's it's exactly the same with equipment. You need to be bear in mind, if this happens, I've got something to, you know, to slide in there, something that can save the day, I'll be sound. With it, I've got here as well equipment. So part of equipment, transport. Now this is huge and it's very raw to me still because it was only, let's face it, July it actually happened, right, so I had a problem with the van, the gearbox went, I mentioned out my stories, anyway, driving around one day, all was fine, as far as I thought, gearbox went, before I knew it, I'd slipped out of like three different gears, um, and yeah, whatever happened, it just, it went on me, so that went from a point of, you know, you're able to, and this is the base of your equipment, I live in a little village in the middle of nowhere, um, you know, you're five miles from each one of my working towns, or cities and all of a sudden boom broke now when this happens you're also faced with you can't think three months <laughs> three months ahead and go oh if my van breaks i've got 15k sitting by ready to replace a van or i'll just have a little van back up it doesn't work like that does it i'm not expecting you to have that much dedication or that much money put to one side in case these things happen but it's bearing in mind if that does what can happen right so what did i do i knew the van was older right so the van was a 13 plate when i bought it i had a couple of problems with it earlier on with a fuel line or something else bad vibes anyway bad vibes with this van of like lasting me and being a good runner so i ensured that i knew where in my local area i basically did um local van hires so months and months and months ago because i've had the van under a year bearing in mind i had checked out different places where you could rent vans from one being like your generic enterprise and one being a place called fms and they're somewhere between 60 and 80 pound per day uh, for hire so i was just basically insured because i was unsuring it that where my point of contact would go it was straight away to get a replacement to get me back on the road so that's what happened in this case you know my van thinking all was well and good and bearing in mind when I first came into this I thought to myself if I can just buy this van what was relatively cheaper you know what I mean 13 plate 90,000 miles it had if I can just buy this and get two years maybe three solid workhorse you know out of it then I, would be, I was like I can make my money back you know I can look to upgrade in two three years time after I've already been on the road I'm already um I'm already established, people already know of me, all the rest of it. And, you know, I never even really got six months before I started having big problems. So you need to be aware of it. When I say it's not all sunshine and rainbows, it's stressful. Like, and I was going to make a podcast, actually, when this happened, because I was feeling so beat up about, uh, by it. I, um, I was going to make a podcast about it and just vent. But in terms, I kind of hit this crossroad where it happened and... Honestly, I felt terrible about it for about two hours. I felt like really, what am I going to do? Racking my brains. And I thought, I've already looked at like van hires. I already know where does it. 
so I just took the situation out. I was due to make, you know, somewhere around, mm, it was somewhere just under £400 over these two days where the van was out of action while it was, like, in to get repaired. And the way I then thought about it is for the duration that I was having the hire van, all right, because I already knew, knew where to hire from, it was going to be about £176, I think it was. So what I did is I had a very easy one to weigh up. I either got in touch with my clients and said, sorry, we we're going to have to miss this session. I'll see you in two weeks. And quite frankly, I would have lost the 400 quid. Near enough. Or my other option was to go, right, there's a van there. I'm not going to make as much money, but I'll spend 170 on that. That means I'm still going to make, what, 230 quid over them couple of days. It's not the best, but I'm still going to be making my money. So... Lo and behold, that's what I had to do. I brought some work that was around them dates together. So I had two like two days jam-packed right next to each other where I could get the most out of the van. And I just made it work. You know, it was absolutely fine on the day when I used it. The high I went back with no damages, no scratches, no problems at all. And the whole situation was fine. But in that moment when I first got hit with it, it felt like a ton of bricks. It felt like, right, it's going to cost me a couple of grand to get this fixed if warranty doesn't pay out. Then I'm going to have to pay for another van to get me back on the road. What's another couple of hundred quid? And then if I, or if I don't lose uh, take on the, the van, I'm then losing, you know, another 400 quid or so by not servicing the clients. So when you get hit with these troubles, you need to be, have something in that back pocket that if main systems in your business run flat, being vans, transport, you know, whatever you're using, trailers, I don't know what the crack is with trailers, but if something broke on them and it stopped you telling them about, that you've got a plan B to overcome this. Because it is, and it can be stressful, I'm telling you. And you take it back to your family sometimes, and, you know, I know that I was around my other half, feeling sorry for myself for, like I say, a good couple of hours before I kind of dug into situations around it and, you know, biting the bullet and cutting your losses is kind of the way to say it. So, but I'm interested in that. Have you hit anything that's, you know, that's really put a stop to your business? Whether it's been contracts, whether it's been, you know, permissions fell through so you can't work on a bit of land. Let me know. If you can get in touch with me, either jrocklc uh, at gmail.com or get in touch with me via my Instagram DMs or whatever it might be. I'm interested. You know, some of you are, are reaching out to us and we have a good bit of crack afterwards. So I do appreciate it. And, um... Yeah, I'm interested. Get in touch. What dramas have you had? Um, so going up past the van, you've then got little things like supply issues. You know, at the moment, I know for people doing hard landscaping, I'm not too sure what it's like at the moment, but I know a couple of months back, like sleepers for the surrounds of areas, <clears throat> all shop in price, and it was harder to get like decking boards and things like that. So supply issues as well. Not everything's in your court. You've got to expect that there's stuff outside of the realms of your possibilities that you can't always, you know, handle. And you need to make sure your customers are aware of that. You're doing everything. Excuse me, Miss Jones. This problem's just occurred. I've only just found out about it. I'm sorry, but we can't go ahead and do this job on the 9th anymore. We're going to have to push it back to the 18th where they get the new delivery in. Right. Mr. Stevenson, I can't now service you on the 18th. I'm going to have to push you a week to the right to, you know, the 20-whatever. And you've just got to, you've got to just go with the flow with it and realize you can't handle every bit of that situation, and you need to be aware that that can happen. Because I think sometimes when you go into things in life or business with this mind process thought of 
everything's going to be fine. No obstacles are going to get in our way. You know, every battle's going to be a win. It stunts our growth because you need to be walking into obstacles to get through them, to overcome them, and to become better versions of yourself. And all it's going to do is help progress your business. So you need to be expecting of that. And the more prepared you are, the honestly, the better that you'll come out the other end. I promise. So past that, it's just, it kind of goes into, you have these problems. If you've got certain places that you work from, as in get your equipment from and your supplies, building them relationships is key. I haven't really had to touch on it so much myself, but I've got a set couple of dealers that I use for kit and equipment and supplies. And I know that we're at this point where if I go to either one of them, whether it's a phone call or pop in, you know, they know me first name terms and they're very outgoing to try and help, you know. So I know I can walk into my Husqvarna dealer and say, this is a problem, this has just happened, you know, can I get it sorted? And they'll try and get me back out there straight away. My mechanic for my van, I tapped into him at the very start. The turnaround that he got my van back on the road was very quick and he jumped over hurdles for me. So, you know, everything you you can do nothing but really appreciate and it can only sort of take you on further. But building that relationship with your dealer is key. And if you can do that from the start and let them be known and they can see you growing and they can also, they also help them provide you grow, um, provide that growth, then, you know, you're making it a whole lot easier for yourself. So past that, and I asked this next question on Instagram, like I do on each one, because you know I don't like to just talk fully from my own um, from my own experiences and all the rest of it. What I like doing is I like tapping into everyone else, and if at any point I can take your points forward, then I always try and do that as well. Because you know this isn't a two dimensional podcast. I'm not here to just read you something from a script, sell you something that I don't believe in and just tell you lies just to sound good. You know, I'll tell you if I've walked into a, a crap situation or if something's not went well or I've used something that's not been typically very good, then I'll tell you, you know, I'm here for the honesty game, nothing else. So anyway, that's why I get in touch with you. But I'm just looking on Instagram now. The question I asked was, um, what's what's a negative you see with lawn care, gardening business? And one of the main ones that popped up that I was going to talk about is weather. <laughs> Let's face it, no one likes being a drowned rat, okay? No one likes being, like, freezing your gink off halfway through the day and you know that you've still got another six hours soaked wet through. And this is very much the reality of this game is that if you don't work, you don't earn money. And you need to be aware at some point through this that that is going to happen to you. And I'm, I'm telling you as well, you can have £300 Gore-X bottom trousers tops whatever you're still going to get wet you're still going to feel damp you're still going to get cold so the weather isn't ideal and it's such an obvious one you think it would be obvious but there's many factors to the weather there's not only you feeling uncomfortable like that discomfort of just going out or when you wake up in the morning and you go to your front door and you see it lashing down and you think straight away i'm in that today you know there's no hiding from it so what i would say with the weather in that case is Get used to it before you try it, before you even look into a kit and equipment and everything. I'm telling you, next time a pause down, chuck a jacket on and go for a two hour walk. Tell me how you feel at the end of the walk. You know what I mean? If you manage to get through it and your answer to that is decent walk that. Love the scenery. Uh, Love the exercise. It was brilliant. 
then you're probably going to do all right in this trade, you know. You're probably not going to mind it. Go for it. If you go on that two-hour walk in the in the pain rain, and you come from it and you go, I am soaked, we're through, what a waste of time. Then the chances are you're not going to like being in this trade because, yeah, the summer months are brilliant and quite often too hot, actually. But, um, you know, quite often, most of the time, you're going to get rained on at some point. And it's a, ver- it's a main factor of it. So... Try something like that, a little exercise. If you're dabbling with this idea and you love the idea of cutting grass and you just see all these videos of people making lawns look sharp, you know, striping them up really nicely, cutting in them clean edges, and you think, brilliant, sun shining, you know, oh, in the sun all day, out in the fresh outdoors, in with nature, then brilliant. But honestly, try it in the rain, go on that two-hour walk and tell me how you feel. And uh, it's probably going to be a good indicator for you. So yeah, weather gets in the way, but not only that with yourself, like I was trying to say there before I interrupted myself, but it's also what it has on areas as well. So you might be trying to do something with the lawn, put down some form of like, I don't know, people's wanting some weed sprayed or something like that, and it gets rained off. Therefore, if it's say, a big property and you had a couple of hours spent out for that, then all of a sudden you can't spray anymore because it's raining and you needed to hold on the leaf. Um, you've got if you're doing certain like say concrete and jobs if it's absolute torrential then you can't lay concrete depending on you know what your mixes and all the rest of it you know you've got to be aware of this and you know the weather can not only stunt you as a bloke where you need to or a female where you need to overcome uh, overcome the situation itself but you also need to overcome situations where the weather puts a stop to that work and it might push it three days to the right okay so you need to be aware of that and the stress that that can bring. Is that going to push into next week where you've actually got things on with your family? Are you going to have to like cancel the job or just say you can't do it anymore? Are you going to have to cancel your family and say you can't be there? You know, it's. I'm not going to tell you what's right and wrong in them situations because there's a balance in between them. But it's something that the weather plays a big factor, especially the way it's going now. We're getting a lot wetter winters and all the rest of it. So... It will be interesting, especially if you're in high flood zones and you think about doing this type of work. It can really put a stop to most of your jobs. So just bear that in mind anyway. After that, I've got, um, yeah, playing catch-up. So literally that, when I get pushed to the right, you're then playing catch-up on yourself. I've done it many a times where I've had to go away for a family, a family reason or whatnot, and I've visited family. So as you know, I work in the northeast of Scotland. My family are from the northeast of England. So we're looking at about a six-hour drive. Eight hours depending on whereabouts I go. And playing catch up's hard. You know what I mean? You've got to put in some long hours to end up kind of getting back on yourself. It's either that or you face dropping customers. All of this is all on yourself. When you're a self made service, okay, and it's only you driving this train, you can't just hop off. Okay, so I need to still, uh, still keep you on the tracks. And sadly, that person's you. Unless you've got a second person that can come in and all the rest of it, you've got to realise before you get into this, so much of it is on you. You don't have someone else there filling you in. You don't have a boss above you saying, oh, we'll take today off. We'll get Smithy to you know, jump in for you. You've just got, don't un- underestimate the time, the effort that it takes. And things like playing catch-up can put a huge spanner in a, you know, if you've got a holiday planned, Either way, you're going to be letting someone down and you just need to be as honest with as you can and just kind of push that forward, you know what I mean? Like I say, there's no right or wrong answer with it. 
I don't think whatever you need to do is by your own situation. But these are just things to be aware of, things that are very much real and that can happen here in the world of lawn care and gardening. So next one after that, I'm just going to talk time off. Kind of talked into it a little bit there. Visiting family, holidays and playing catch-up. This is another one because the R&R that you get, the rest and recuperation, you just need to definitely have some. You need to give yourself that. And I'm trust me, through summers, clients come out with woodworks. Regardless how you are at spring or if you how you are in winter, okay, however that's kinda of working for you. I guarantee between that sort of May, June, July, even August, you know, clients will be getting in touch with you. They'll be dropping in, they'll be trying to get your work. It can be hectic, right? And that might not be the time you pick to have a family holiday or anything, and that's completely fine. You no, know, you don't need to feel like you need to, but you still need to give yourself a break. And when you do Sadly, what comes with break in times is lack of money, okay? You're not making money when you're not there. There's a quote that I'll get to in a second. And um, it is really something that can be a big, it can be a pressure. It can almost be a pressure point on you because all you're trying to do is do good by yourself, by your family, by your customers. You just want to please everyone, right? That's why we're in this job. It's not so you can walk away and go, oh, I love cutting that grass today. That was all me. You're there to try and, improve a family situation like i've said in the past there's nothing i love more than walking into a garden that is horrendous for use of a better word and go right i can do this that the other and six to eight to twelve weeks later it can be a place where now all the families out there enjoying barbecues there the kids are rolling through the grass because there's not like nettles anymore stinging them or out like that so that's why i do it it's that satisfaction between it so it needs to be across the board. It needs to be as much as you please and everyone. It needs You need to have it in the right sort of ratio. And it's hard. I'm telling you now, it's hard work. So the quote is something along the lines of, because I couldn't find the exact one, but it's, you can't be the breadwinner, earning the main income, and be there at home with your family. If you do spend time with your family, you're not making money. It's catch-22, right? And... I don't want to come across selfish or anything like that because I love spending time with my family, my other half. You know, it's we go on great days out and it, like everything about family time. I'm a family man. I love it, but I'm also very driven to succeed in life, whatever that may be. Whether I'm playing a game of footy, whether I'm playing a game on the Xbox, whether I'm out there working or trying to build a business, I am completely and utterly, relentlessly got the will to sort of push on and just succeed and just to do well and you can't do both at once and that's really what I'm learning now I was actually telling uh, a friend of mine just the other day that it was very much an often case and my partner will know this as well savagely that if a cancellation came through or if I managed to finish a job an hour earlier instead of taking that one hour to go get my head down to be with my family to enjoy, you know, I've still made the money that I wanted to make for the day. I'll push someone else in. I'll pull someone from another day, try and squeeze them in there and make as much money as I could out of that day. Very money-driven, very need-to-succeed, grow, all the rest of it. And what the case would be is it was then extra work. Yes, you were getting more money, but I was coming home drained. I wasn't fully there in my own self, my own body. And, you know, I couldn't be bothered rolling around on the floor with my son 
playing calls and stuff like that, you know. So what I've done very much this year, I would say, especially the like back end of the last few months, is if I do finish a job earlier, I just take it as a win. As long as there's nothing I need to do that's, you know, category one, let's call it, like priority work or, you know, anything anything massive, you know, you know what I mean? Then I would take that to go home and I would spend extra time with the family, with my other half, even if I'm just there in person and we're not doing something else. I just know that it goes a long way. So not just for yourself, but for your family as well. And now if you're sitting there and you're single, then by all means. But it's very easy to drive yourself into the ground. And I'm sure the best bit of advice anyone could give you is to not drive yourself into the ground. Because the last thing you want to do when you're trying to build this business is to make it something that you then don't have the love for anymore. You know, it puts you off it because you've almost put too much into it. So work hard, you know what I mean? If you need to do them 16-hour days and do them, you know what I mean? Them 100-hour weeks, plenty of people talk about them. Do them, you know, they, they are needed. There's a place for them in your business where you need to put in the hours, you need to put in the shifts and that's just one of them things but there's also a place where you deserve that hour back to yourself and it's just things that we don't necessarily think of like so what does it all come down to really having that bottom line figure in your bank account that can cover your running costs and i hate speaking that like the world evolves around money but really it's kind of true to a fact a lot of them issues that I've spoke about today can be eliminated when you take money out of the equation. When, like I said at the beginning, you can think three months ahead and be covered, and it's hard to do. Trust me, I know. If you're paying rent, you're trying to pay your mortgage, you might be paying for your kids to go to school or so they can go on that next trip. Your other half's birthday might be coming up. It might be an anniversary. God knows, right? It could be Christmas. It's hard to kind of keep money going and saving especially when you're trying to grow the business as well and you're pumping everything into that. But what you need to realise with it is that if you can just create that safety barrier so that if something does go wrong, if you do for some reason lose a couple of clients, you don't need to put yourself in that place of stress, that worry about, I can't do this, I can't do that. You know, work them extra hours and instead of just working them extra hours to buy you know, a new bit of kit that you want, do the exact same for the bottom line figure. Grow that bottom line figure so that you know you've got a good safety net if needed. Because, I mean, I remember speaking to... I'm not going to name drop him just because I haven't spoke about this properly yet. But I was speaking to someone a while ago and he said in the beginning, for the first few years, he never had a bottom line figure. He never had a bottom line and then grew on a percentage each year. Or like out of each year's earnings, put a percentage away. Everything went back in. And he says he was lucky. And he... This guy I'm talking about, he's very successful now, he does very well, he does these bits and bobs on the internet, and yeah, he's got everything, he's doing really well. And he said he was growing, putting everything into this business, that if one major like setback happened, he says that would have been him. Like, he would have been ruined, because just everything was getting poured into it. And as much as that's like kind of the aim of the game sometimes, like there has to be a bit of risk and reward, you can make it so much easier for yourself, because I'm telling you, if you go into all of it thinking, it's just cutting grass, all I need is a mower and a strimmer, you, you, you're going to outgrow that business very quickly. You need to go in expecting that things might fail. You need to be realistic that there's a lot more to this. You know, I, I try and take my head away from the guy doing it on the side, just cutting grass and strimming edges. You know, I pull myself away from that and try and think of it as, you know, the bigger picture of a company, of a business that you're running, not being viewed at as, you know, someone that's just getting rid of the weeds you know i view it as 
a high-end business and if you speak to me in any different way then we're not going to be getting along here you know what I mean that sort of thing so that's what it comes down to me for me you just need to be aware and I just want you guys to be aware because there's so many people I generally mean this that get in touch with me showing interest in this world but then they don't know the negatives that are in there I love sitting here and going it's great money you can earn up to four grand a month I say up to up to and past four grand a month uh, four grand a month obviously that would be uh that would be gross income but you can earn that and you can enjoy it you can build doors you can be in the sun all the time you're your own boss you can choose your own hours there's so many positives I absolutely love it I, I will leave my full-time job one day to do this I absolutely love it I'm telling you but there are so many negatives that you need to be aware of and there's more than what I've talked about today and all I want is for you to not get caught out or if you've been riding that wave of positivity and everything then just having the back of your mind there you know when you go to look to buy your next bit of kit if that's going to bring you back down to zero just think you know what this is now my bottom line 500 quid gonna buy a new mower you know what, no I'm not, that 500 quid can go in the savings account and it can just sit there, that's now my bottom line, I will treat £500 as if it was zero, so that if anything ever does happen, hugely something needs replaced or you need to buy another strimmer, blah blah blah, then that 500 quid's there to dip into, you know, it's just being smart decisions and just making the best out of the situation. Listen, I've talked too much negative thoughts and vibes for, for one night, but thank you very much everyone for tuning in. It's been an absolute pleasure once again. We've had another huge week of growth. Again, the um, the podcast has grew by another probably 5 to 10%. So I'm loving it. And as long as you're enjoying it, then I'm going to keep on going. Whether we stay weekly or go to fortnightly uh, chats, that's to be thought about in the next few weeks as it's going to start picking up again. Well, it's already picked up. Time is just hard to come by. So either weekly or every fortnightly, so even more of a reason, if you're listening to this and you're enjoying it, hit me up with a DM, what do you want to hear? And is there anything that's on your mind that I can address through podcasts that I can sort of give back to you? Then just let me know. And I'm here. I'm here to listen. I'm here to help you. And you know, if you've got any advice for me, then I'll take it on as well. But no, thank you very much. Another podcast hosted by yours truly, Sam from J-Rock Lone Care and Gardening. Take care, peace out, and thank you very much for listening.